Welcome to Highlight Church. We are starting a brand new series. Uh, no, no, we're not. What am I talking about? I have brand new announcements. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, I'm tired of the rain, man. It, it's really getting at me a little bit to the point where I can't even preach straight. So, hey, I, I do want to make a few announcements before we continue in our series. Uh, the good news, we're, we're actually in week three, but before we go there, I have a few uh, things I'd like to discuss with you. Number one, uh, tomorrow we start a seven days of prayer and fasting. Seven days of prayer and fasting. Uh, you can hold your claps. You guys are, you guys get weird sometimes when you clap. Uh, just hold them. Welcome to Highlight Church. This is me. I will say worse things than this eventually. All right. So, um, yeah, seven days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we do this uh, every January for 21 days. Um, but I feel it's important that we stop uh, a little bit over midway through the year to uh, just put God first again. And so uh, this will entail 5.30 a.m. prayer calls. We'll get up uh, and be on a conference call at 5.30. I'll lead a 10-minute devotion, devotional, and then we'll have a few prayer leaders lead us in prayer. Uh, I'll be hitting on seven different things and so please join us for seven days of prayer and fasting. We'll have documentation for you uh, concerning the type of fast that you can do, be it a Daniel fast, a partial fast, a full fast. Uh, the paper will help you out on that. It's a powerful time. You'll be able to experience the presence of God and breakthrough. As a matter of fact, fasting is so powerful. Jesus said in Mark 9, that this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. So there are a lot of things you've been praying about, and uh, it's nine months into the year, and you haven't seen God move. It's because you need to fast. And so uh, I encourage you to join us. Uh, the second one I'd like to share is the Winter Circle Prayer Walk. Winter Circle Prayer Walk is happening on Saturday, and um, we will meet here at Shady Grove Middle School. Uh, this Saturday at 5.30 p.m., we did the prayer walk last year. And what we do is we, we go to seven different locations around Gaithersburg, and uh, we have teams of people praying. I think last year it was about uh, teams of about five or six each. We went to seven different locations, and we made circles around these specific areas in the city. Um, these areas are special. Uh, to me, because prior to moving here, we visited the city a year before moving here, and these were just landmark areas that God had laid on my heart to, to pray over. And so we'll be praying for families, um, students, government officials. We'll be praying for unity within our city, throughout our county. Uh, more importantly, we'll be praying that God will give us the grace to continue to grow as a church and to have influence throughout this county. How many of you know we're not stopping at 250? We're going to, we're going big. We're going big. We're, we're not doing small church because heaven and hell are real at the end of the day. And if Jesus doesn't get out, that means there are more people dying, entering hell, uh, entering an eternity without God. So we need to, we need to get the good news about who Jesus is out. And so um, we, we ultimately want God to give us territory. Um, locations, cities in the future. And so the way that we do that is we pray. We ask that God will go before us. Uh, the third thing I'd like to announce is Super Steps uh, is happening October the 7th. 
in the 14th, and uh, we like to welcome teenagers. Uh, if you are 6th through 12th grade, you can join the team, and uh, we're excited about that. We want you to serve on production. You can serve on any team, actually. You can even serve on the worship team. Uh, and so um, we will also share certain details about certain teams uh, whenever we see where you uh, may end up at. So the first week is uh, vision casting values the code. Uh, the second week, you discover your spiritual gifts and you are placed on a team. If you want to grow in your faith, the best way to do it is to serve, not to sit in your seat and be a spiritually diabetic Christian. And so you got to, you know, you got to eat, but you got to work out. You got to eat, but you got to work out. And so we encourage you to join the team. Now, that's not just for 6th to 12th graders. Adults, please sign up, but we're opening it up for 6th to 12th grade. And number four, highlight two-year anniversary. We're going to be celebrating on October 14th. And... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Uh, please invite. We have something special planned for your children. It's gonna be a party back there. And here we're just gonna be dusty and you know y'all gonna look at me the way y'all looking at me now, and we're just gonna be dusty. But back there they're gonna have fun. So uh, two year anniversary. God has done so much from nine people moving here, um, hundreds of salvations, tens of baptisms. A lot of money and hours given to outreach. Um, we're in a real good season, and we're only two years old. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. Are we ready for the word of God? All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Matthew chapter 9. Uh, this is where we're going to start. I want to bring a message to you entitled, if you're taking notes, it's called Rise Up. Rise Up. And uh, we're in a series here called The Good News. Join me in Matthew 9. Verse 1 says this, Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, I need you to really pay attention to that, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, I know for me, there have been plenty of times in life where I've wanted to elevate to a certain level or a certain place, but uh, after trying and trying and trying, all my resource, be it people, myself, my knowledge, my connections, whatever, just trying to get to that next level, um, there have been seasons where I just kind of run into a wall, and I, and I think we're all there. Uh, we, we all can relate, uh, be it uh, relationships or tests or whatever it is. We all run into a wall, and we're not able to, to rise up when we want to. And so you see here in the text, you see a paralyzed man. Uh, it doesn't take you much education to know that paralysis actually means disability. And so no one wants to be paralyzed. No one wants to be limited, but that's just kind of how life gets at times. And so I really want to encourage you today that if you feel stuck, if you've been stuck for a few years, possibly even a few months or weeks, 
um, in a certain area of your life, uh, Jesus can break you through that limitation. That's really the good news. Jesus can break you through any limitation if you just hold on to him long enough. And so I love it. It says, Jesus, you can put the verse back up. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to see his, uh, to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. If you see me surveying, it's because I'm looking for love. I'm looking for who's leaned in, who's smiling, who's taking notes. And that's why I'm looking around a lot. And so, um, because I, I need to know where the fertile ground is. Uh, and so, because um, the word of God is seed and I'm ready to plant. So I'm looking for fertile, fertile ground. Okay, there we are. All right, so um, first thing, when God is ready to, to rise you up, when God is ready to take you to another level, it is this. God brings the right people into your life. God brings the right people into your life. I remember when we, Kyra and I, we went to share this vision of Highlight Church with uh, seven different individuals. And that first group that we thought was going to move with us for years, they were saying, whenever you guys are ready, we're going to go with you. We're going to start this church with you. And so when it came time to, to go and to say, hey, this is where we're going, this is where we're moving, this is what's going to be happening, and uh, this is what I need you to do, um, six out of the seven said no. And so it became apparent that they were not the right people. As a matter of fact, had they came along with us, our ability and our capacity to change lives and to do what God had called us to do as a church plant would have been minimized. And our efforts would have been discouraging the most. And so they, though they're good people, they're great people, right? They're friends. They were not the right people. So, like, even, even as I'm talking right now, there, there are some people in your life that you love. There are people in your life that you, you have a great time with, but they're not necessarily the right people in order for you to rise up. And so I, I really need you to, in a sense, tag those people. Because unless they want to rise up, they're not the right people. I mean, I have, I have I got cousins and brothers and friends who... They will be where they will be. God bless them, but God wants to take me up. God, God wants to take me far. God wants to do something great in my life. And if you're not in agreement with where God is taking me, you're not the right people. You're not the right. Jesus, Jesus said it like this when he was calling his disciples. Um, one guy was like, I'll follow you, but I got to go and bury my father. And I'll tell you, like, if you want to be comfortable, don't mess with Jesus. If you want to have it your way, like Burger King, don't, if, if you want Jesus to increase your sales at your job when he's trying to get you to read your Bible, don't mess with Jesus. You know what I mean? And so he says, let the dead, this is Jesus. He said, let the dead bury the dead. What he was saying is that the people who aren't focused on the things of God, they're focused on dead things. Jesus is like, I'm, I'm trying to build a kingdom. I'm, I'm trying to usher in the spirit of God, the power of God, the presence of God. So if they want to continue to do that, you do that. I'm moving forward. 
And so God will bring the right people into your life. And so uh, in less than a year, we asked uh, a second six, and uh, they all said yes, and, and now we're here. So it says this, the man had been stuck on his mat. The man had been stuck on his mat. Then some people. We don't know who these people were. Uh, Matthew, it's important to, 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 to mention this, he was a tax collector, so he wrote in shorthand. Had he known the names of these individuals and even the relation of these individuals to the disabled man, he would have let us know. Because that was his job. All right, his name is Nathan, and he's a fisherman. But he didn't know it, so he just said some people. I love that the Bible is not specific, because um, we oftentimes, we like to try to selectively choose the people that are going to support our process and, and our progress and celebrate us when God is like, you chose those people, I haven't chose those people. So some people, there are some people, there are people that you don't even know that God is orchestrating right now for you within the next two to three months of the year who's going to God's going to use them to, to project you into everything that he has for you in 2019. You want it to be brother. God's like, brother ain't going nowhere. You want it to be these two people who all they want to do is vacation on the weekend and not serve the Lord. That's what you want it to be. That was me. Don't worry, Sam. That's what you, you want it to be these individuals, but it's, it's some people, some people, right? And so God said some people. Here are the right people. The right people are there for you if you're taking notes through ups and downs. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. It says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born in time of need. I need you to catch that there. A friend is always loyal. Whether you're healthy or sick, broke or rich, down or up, a friend is always there. And we dealt with this a few weeks back, how we are the most socially connected generation through social media. But yet when we look around, we can't seem to find anyone to be there when we really need them. Watch the language here in Proverbs 17. It says, and a brother is born in time of need. You want to know who your people are? When you're in your greatest need. They're the ones who reach out and who text. They're the ones who reach out and to lift you up when you're in your greatest need. A lot of times we don't help people because we're afraid that we can't take care of the need. But a brother, a sister, will get in there and help you with the need. They're born. They're born in your greatest time of need. Right people speak life over you. Ephesians 4.29 says this. So take that down. Right people speak life over you. Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Speak life, man. Like, 
you're going to live. Like, dude, I see you on this mat, maybe for years. We don't know if, like I said, they were relatives, brothers, sisters, mom, dad. We don't know who they were. But they were just saying, hey, you're going you're gonna to walk. We believe it. We're, you're going to get up. You're going to be more than what you are. You're going to fulfill your potential. You're going you're gonna to be a great husband. I know you're going through a divorce, but this is not the end. You will, you will be married again. God will bring him or her back home. Whatever it is we got to do, we, we, we just the right people just speak life over you. They just speak life over you. You shouldn't surround yourself with people who don't speak life. And I ultimately want to give you this. The right people bring you closer to Jesus. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but I check my phone a lot throughout the day, as, as does anyone. And, um, you know, I'm like, man, this is interesting. It, it's kind of weird being a pastor because a lot of times people think you have all the answers. Well, let me put two. Like, they may think you have it all together, which is weird. And maybe I just need to work on friendliness. I don't know. And uh, maybe I'm just speaking on assumption. It has nothing to do with God. It's just me. I wouldn't even say this is the Holy Spirit. Probably just all flesh. But it's like it's the assumption that man, he he has it all together. And uh, if I look at my phone, I'm like, wow, no one is reaching out for any help or any prayer or any advice. Maybe, maybe two or three of you in here. No one. Like, wow. And I don't know. It's, it's almost, I feel kind of weird because it's almost like people know I'm going to point them to Jesus. Right. And that can be a dangerous thing. Because I already, oh man, I'm going through a tough time. Let me not call pastor. Because I already know what he's going to say. <laughs> God loves me and I need to keep serving. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to you, push you closer to Jesus. Not further from, you know you got the right. And they come a dime a dozen in today's society because it's not too cool and it's not too cute to say, hey, man, let me, let me pray for you. I can find, in a heartbeat, I can find 50 people to go and have a drink with. Find 50 people to go to the club with. I can find people to go and just do things I'm not supposed to do, right? But, uh, man... Someone that really loves God, and they're not weird. You get it? And, and I think that's the problem right now in society. It's like, you love God, but you're super weird. Like, you're on YouTube, and you shoot those videos of prophesying and end times, and you're weird. Then on the other extreme, it's just, you don't love Jesus at all, but what you do is fun, so I'm going to kick it with you. And I'm in the in-between, and I really have needs. I don't need to be over here with weird, in weird world. And I don't need to be over here 
and bound in addicted world and sad world and you're trying to fill a void world. I don't need to be that either world. I need someone right in the middle that gets it. They're practical, they're wise, they have ambition. God has given them a dream. They're gonna lift me up. They're gonna push me closer to Jesus. They're gonna, <clears throat> Jesus. I'm, I'm messy today, y'all. I don't know what's gonna come out my mouth. I promise you, I just don't. But I, I'm trying to get out of here in 30 minutes because we have baptisms today. Someone is being baptized. Praise God for that. And so closer to Jesus are, the, are those friends who are going to pray with you. I know it's simple. We don't need anything too deep. Pray with you. Pray. Who, who, when you're struggling, when you're down, like, is someone sending you a Will Smith quote? Or a quote from Ben Franklin or another inspirational quote? Are we serious? It's going to be all right. Read, read this quote from Eckhart Tolle or whatever his name is. I don't know. I need, I don't, I don't need a quote. I don't need your opinion. I don't need another inspirational pat on the back. It's going to be all right. You're going to make your sales. I don't need that crap. I need some prayer. I need some hands. I need some tears. I need some shedding of clothes. You, you want to fast with me? Can we read the Bible together? That's what I need. That's what you need. This, we we got to, you know what? We have to get deeper. We have to become more transparent. We got to get into the things of God together. If we're going to rise up, that's enough shallow stuff. That's enough surface stuff. It's enough, hey, how you doing stuff? Hey, how you doing? Well, I'm good. And you're just walking off broken. You need somebody that you can open up with, that you can pray with, that you can read with, that you can grow with, that you can serve with. That's enough of this shallow stuff. It's killing us as a society. I'm all right. No, you're not. You're laying down and you're on a mat and you're paralyzed. You're not okay. I don't know what's going to happen, y'all. I came in with, it's called, the, biblically it's called righteous indignation today. It's an anger, but it's you're after something today. I don't know what it is, but I'm after something. I'm, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick. Jesus died on a cross, and he rose from the grave, and you got all power, and you can rise. You don't have to stay discouraged. You can get up. You, man, come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. We don't have time. We don't. All right. Behave. I, I battle with the devil. I, I battle with the devil. And he's a loser. So you, you got to start learning to lift your head. No addiction can hold you down. No affliction can hold you down. Mama may have not been there. Daddy may have not been there. Maybe they were there, but they weren't there emotionally. It doesn't matter. You got a whole life ahead of you. And Jesus has, has made a way. That's the good news. 
There's one key to your success. His name is Jesus. Matthew 9, 3 through 5 says this. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Because, you know, he said, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. And so uh, they were actually thinking about stoning Jesus because these words were coming from a man. And only God can forgive sin. So it's just what that means there. Uh, verse 4, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? And so point number two is this. Is Jesus removes what's keeping you from rising up. Jesus removes what's keeping you from rising up. That's if you let him. And so... This is interesting because you have the religious leaders. Catch this. The word religion is defined as routine. So you have religious leaders, and they are so consumed with, with process. They were used to putting process over people. Another thing is if you read another gospel, we come to find out that this is occurring on Shabbat, the Sabbath. And so they don't want Jesus to do any work when it comes to healing this man. So they put procedure over someone's need, right? And, and religion is do, 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 then get. So many of us were born in church or in a system of worship, but we didn't necessarily know Jesus. So we knew to wear a suit. We, we knew to to put on a skirt to our ankles and a shirt to our chin, but we did not know Jesus. <clears throat> and so that's religion. As a matter of fact, I was, I was raised in a Baptist church, and the, 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 the reason I did not come to know Jesus in my church, it was a lot of foundation. I got a lot of knowledge, but I didn't know Jesus was because there was a lot of due process. But I actually met Jesus himself uh, on my college campus, Jones Hall, on a Tuesday night. At a six at a six people Bible study, six people were there. After 18 years of going to church, I met Jesus at a school. Because the good news was, you don't have to change. Just come to me, and I'll change you. Just come to me, and I'm going to give you life. And so, this is the. I need you to write this down. Jesus removes religion. And he offers a relationship with God. Jesus removes religion, and he offers a relationship with God. How do I enter a relationship with God? Well, number one, uh, forgiveness of your sins. We're all sinners. The Bible says in Romans that we have all fallen short of the glorious standard of God. And because of our sin, uh, uh, the wages of sin is death. The word death means separation. Because of our sin, we've been separated from God. That's what the Bible teaches. But it, it's forgiveness through Jesus gets us a relationship with the Father. It says it here in uh, Ephesians 1, 5, 7. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. 
This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace. The word grace is, it means unmerited favor. You were saved by grace. There's nothing that you can do to be right with God. There's not, you have to come. As a matter of fact, God will, would prefer that you would come honestly to him broken. The way, the way, the way, the, the smell that's on you, the way you look, the, 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 the experiences, everything. God would just rather you come honestly and say, I'm a mess, but I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. Even, even your, even us, us believers out there, like you're in a, if you're in a mess right now, chances are you, you've, you've fallen into self-condemnation. God is like, I, I'm, you're still my child. Come to me. Lay, lay it all before me. It pleases him when we actually approach God in this way. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And it says this here in 1 Peter 3.18. It says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. So I don't know if this guy is paralyzed because of any sin. But what I do know is, is that Jesus is removing what's keeping him paralyzed. I want to administer this to you. A lot of you have resolved in your heart. You've said, I'll come to church once a month, twice a month, three times a month, four times a month. That's great. That is so great. The issue is, is this. If it is not to connect with the spirit of Christ, you're only wasting time. And the, the deal is, is this, you're going to remain paralyzed in certain areas where you want to rise up. Because what has happened is, is a spirit of religion has crept into your heart. So it's, I'm going to serve twice a month, and that's the only time they're going to see me. And, and, that, and, and so even Jesus, understand this, hopefully I'm taking you somewhere today. As Jesus was healing people, he was also ministering to the religious leaders that I am the way. You don't have to be stuck in a revolving cycle of religion. Understand this. Even when Jesus started his ministry, demons were present. Like, go and read it. When he, his first teaching, there's a demon. He raised his hands. I know who you are. You're the son of God. Jesus said, shut up. This just tells me this. This tells me that even Jesus. Oh, even Jesus himself could be up here. And if your heart's not in the right place, you won't receive the freedom and the liberty and the love and the grace and the power that he has to give. So I, I don't even, Jesus can be here. Oh, man, that just set me free. I don't got to perform. Because it's not based upon how I'm saying it. It's not based upon how I move. It's not based upon how well I, I dissect the text. It's really based upon the condition of your heart that determines. Oh, yeah. 
that determines the quality of your life once you leave here. So in order to kind of guard against that, anytime the doors of the church are open, I'm here. That needs to be the attitude. I, I, I want to encounter God because I got to rise up. I don't just want to make it a habit because my pastor said so or my mom said so or my dad said so. No, I, I need to be in the house of God. I, I want to build a legacy for my children. God first. Serving God is where it's at. Serving God is, oh, my God, serving God is where it's at. Can I share my testimony with you for a second? I'm the youngest of 24 kids. And uh, my father uh, loved him to death, but he was not rooted in God's house. My mom was not rooted in the house of the Lord. Can I tell you my mentality before I met Jesus? Because I, I had religion down. Oh, gee, oh, yeah. I put on the three-piece suit, and I just step on in church with my, with my parents. I sit down, and, and that's another thing. You couldn't eat in church. So my mom used to sneak me peppermints. I'm like, you know, I hated that about it. I couldn't eat peppermints. I don't want to come to church, but I'm here. I'll check it off my box. And I'm going to leave just as addicted to my little teenage addictions that uh, once I leave, right? So I'll tell you my mentality growing up. Uh, it, it was this. It was uh, because I saw it. I said, I can have children with multiple kids as long as the money is there to take care of them. I don't have to be. How sad is that? The issue is, is this. I was coming to church, but I wasn't delivered from the generational bondage that Satan had planted in my family. Y'all don't want to talk today. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all want lunch. Let's go. Who did that? Let's clap. Let's clap. Let's clap. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk. Because this is the point. We just want to come. We know it's going to end at 1120, and we're just going to go. We got games to go to. We got lunch to go to, and, and we're just going to, you know. We're going to show up to light group, and we're going to stay shallow. Wow. And then we're going to show up to light group. We're going to use that as an anchor. We're not going to read our Bibles. But we want to rise up. So I had to get to the place where when I met Jesus at 19 in that classroom, that this was the day. Like, Lord, I know you love me. I mean, I cried like a baby. I said, no, no, no. This is the stake in the ground. I'm going to be faithful to one wife. I'm going to be in one home. I'm going to raise my boys. I'm going to die rich. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to be in church on Sunday. I'm going to be the best at the company that God sends me to. We don't got time to play. We got a kingdom to move forward. Jesus has all power, and he's given it to us. He's the man. I'm just glad to have him on the inside. There's, not, there's nothing you can't do when you got Jesus on the inside. I'm after something today. Come on. And so, yeah, he removes everything that's keeping you from rising. And what does Jesus offer you? He offers you wholeness. 
Wholeness is your portion. Wholeness. Wholeness is your portion. Freedom. Deliverance. Purpose. Wholeness. Peace. Joy. Every single person in this room is a leader. Every single person in this room has the potential to influence the masses. But you'll never know it playing around with religion. You'll never know how influential, how effective you are. You teenagers, you'll never know it until you come to Jesus. The other kids that's watching you in class, well, what are you doing? Oh, you're cheating. I'm going to cheat too. You're following another student. You need to be doing the right thing so that those who look at you will do the right thing. And you know what you're going to do? You're just going to be doing the right thing. You're going to be doing the right thing. You're going to be making A's. You're going to be killing it in your sports. You're going to be respecting your family. You're going to be your parents. You're going to be taking out the trash. And before you know it, you got a whole community of friends. Oh, y'all doing the right thing too? All right, let's just go ahead and, and do the right thing. Let's do the right thing. Come on, do the right thing. You got power to do the right thing. God wants to bless the right thing. Do the right thing. You fathers, do the right thing. You mothers, do the right thing. You spouses, do the right thing. That's where the blessing is. God blesses righteousness. So I think this generation, we've gotten scared to talk about righteousness for the fear that our, our churches are going to just empty out. Look, if you don't want to do the right thing, that's not your pastor's problem. That's your problem. We got to do the right thing. Do the right thing. Wholeness is your portion. John 10.10 10 says this here. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I just tell you, your, your portion in Christ, no matter where you are, it's just faith in him. Your portion is abundance. It's blessing in Christ. It's God's absolute best. Stop settling for your mat. For some of you, your mat is your impure relationships. That is not your portion. For some of you, your mat is your negative thinking. You can't sit under a sermon for 45 minutes this powerful and choose to say, well, I got a mat of negative thinking. All that was good, but I need my mat. That's not your portion. I love y'all. We are where we are as a church. This is like a 16th of my portion as a pastor. This is why we're doing a prayer walk. This is why we do an Easter egg drop. There are more people. You got to think more. You got to think bigger. That map was not this guy's portion. So Jesus needed to move these, these people who were about process and say, man, I'm about to bless you. And so here it is, Matthew 9, 6 through 8, and we're going to close this out. 
So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. <laughs> it's funny how he does it. He proves it with an action. Uh, and he, here it is. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. The man rose up and went home. Verse 8, fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen, and they praised God for sending a man with such great authority. I need you to catch this, okay? I'm done preaching. I need you to catch this. Last point. When you, ri- when you rise, when your will aligns with his word, you rise when your will aligns with his word. Anytime I, I tell my kids anything, be it sports or in the house or school, anytime I instruct them, it's always for them to rise. Even if it doesn't feel good or sound good or even if to them it may seem as though they're going back. As a loving father, I'm always going to instruct them in, in a way that enables them to rise. And so watch this. I need you to write this down. This isn't a point, but write this down. Jesus spoke an instruction over the man's inability. Jesus spoke an instruction over the man's inability. The potential of the man to rise, here it is, was locked within his will to obey what Jesus had said. The the potential for him, you notice, because you'll read everywhere else in the Gospels, Jesus laid a hand, he he prayed a prayer, he, he, he touched, he did all these things. This miracle is interesting. Because he didn't say you were healed. A lot of us are looking for healing. A lot of us are looking for God to touch us. But God is not going to give it to you in that way in this season. God has given you instruction. The potential of him to do the impossible was locked within the instruction. And so the only thing that this man needed, oh, Jesus, was the desire to live his life according to this book. If you want to do the impossible, it's wrapped up in an instruction. If you want to do the impossible, you devote your life to this book. A section a day, eight or ten verses a day, just absorb in it. And so Deuteronomy 30 says this, verse 15. And we're heading out of here. Wow, good timing. It says this. Now listen today. I'm giving you a choice between life and death, 
between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. You have life, you have death. If you do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Verse 19, we're going to skip down. Today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Pretty easy. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. You, you hear the heart of God? Oh, that you would choose life. But God loves you, so you're not a robot. You're, he's given you free will. It's up to you. And he says this, oh, that you would choose life and that your descendants might live. When you obey God, there's generational implications to it. And he says this here, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. This is the key to your, can I just, I want to get real practical here. Your, your money is wrapped in your obedience. Your breakthrough is wrapped in your obedience. Your future marriage is wrapped in your obedience. This is why we don't give up on God too soon. It's long obedience in the same direction. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Long obedience in the same direction. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of three generations. Let's pray, church. Lord, we love you. We give you all the honor and the praise. We thank you for this day. You are such a good God. Lord, I know that there are your children in here, and they, many of them want to rise up. Lord, be it in, in their relationships, be it in their spiritual walk with you, Jesus be it in their finances, be it on the job, wherever they may be. Lord, we know that there's a desire to rise up. So, God, I pray that you would bring the right people into their circles. God, I pray that you would remove a hardened heart that religion has given us. And, God, I pray that you would give them the strength to trust your word and to follow your word because in it is life. And with every head bowed, I want to give you a chance to give your heart to Jesus Christ today. Just going to be a simple count on the count of three. Just going to ask you to raise your hand. Today can be a new beginning for you. God loves you. There's so much in store. The good news has been preached. Today's your day to come to Christ. And on the count of three, you just raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you up front. We just want to pray together as a church and celebrate the greatest decision that you're ever going to make. Or maybe you're far from God. Maybe you believe in Jesus, but you're coming back to him today. God loves you. His grace is all you need. On the count of three, one, uh-oh, two, three. That's okay. Focus. 
There it is. Raise it high. Raise it high. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, hands down. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. Salvation reigns in this place. Hallelujah. And if everyone would just repeat after me, say, Father God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. Give me your spirit. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen.